subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So, Richard, on that subject, two weeks in, as we welcome you into the program, how are you feeling about this football team? I'm still uh, still waiting to, to see uh, the progress uh, progression over the next few weeks and kind of make a determination. But at the same time, I can understand uh, some of the uneasiness that some of the fans have. Uh I think with KJ, you know, obviously when he we, he was involved more in the running game on on Saturday, you saw the difference. I, I think Arkansas is going to. I know that originally the the thought was uh, they wanted to kind of limit his contact, and I get that, but the, I, I'm not so sure you're going to you're going to be able to do that. Uh, obviously, with him running the ball, you know more actively in the running game uh, it keeps the defenses more honest and they can't be as aggressive and focus just on the running back but uh, I, I, right now I'm kind of kind of I don't, I don't know wait and see mode still uh, I, I think if you look back in 2015 uh, first year that uh, uh, Dan Enos was the offensive coordinator Arkansas kind of struggled the first few games and I think uh, maybe it's a it's a case of uh, getting to know uh, the personnel. Even though obviously he was here during the spring, <clears throat> he knows the personnel pretty good. But you don't know how they're going to react in the games and how they're going to perform until uh, you know that 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 uh, <clears throat> the whistle's blown. But uh, I, I think uh, maybe you know you, you start to see a little bit more progression and uh, with the offense and. Uh, and see what they're going to look like the rest of the year because in 2015, uh, after about the third or fourth game of the season, you saw one of the more impressive offenses Arkansas has ever had. Yeah, on that subject, I did the research. They scored 25 or more points one time in the first five or six games, and then after that, they scored, I think, every single time. The offense exploded. Richard, what is the key for this team to expedite the learning of the offense, the adjustment, how can this team adapt quicker than that team in 2015 did? You know, I think, uh, you know, as a, as a quarterback, you're starting to see it a little bit, uh, some of the receivers that uh, KJ feels comfortable with. And then, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more explosive plays uh, at the receiver position. Uh, that, that, that didn't happen on Saturday. Uh, so uh, you'd like to see uh, some, some bigger plays uh, from the receivers and obviously from the running game too. Uh, the, the big plays obviously change the you know just the confidence level, the the the, the deep the, the defensive mentality of the opponent. Uh, so I, I, a little bit, I'd like to see more explosive plays. Often you know a deep, um, excuse me, running game and passing game. Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty-Daniel Hotline. You know, a lot has been said and made of 
Colorado and their overhaul of their roster. I haven't heard many in the media talk about or point out that BYU, as I was reading through their game notes and uh, quoting from them, BYU brought in about 60 new players between freshmen and transfers in 2023. Uh, This is going to be a completely retooled BYU team from what we saw a year ago. Uh, A lot of people have focused on Colorado for the high number of uh, transfers and the overhaul of their roster. BYU, Richard, hadn't been in that conversation, but 60 is an off-the-charts number. That is, I wasn't aware of that. That, that is insane, too. I mean, it, that just, uh, that's just the climate of the college football right now. And, uh, it, you know, I, people criticize uh, Colorado and uh, Deion Sanders and, 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 uh, and him uh, as far as the turnover of his uh, his roster, but come on, this is this is uh, this is on the ads and the presidents. Uh, why is that? Because they're, they're so quick to make changes if, if guys don't win, if the coaches don't win. I, I didn't have. I, I I I don't like the the way everything's being done right now. I don't like the turnover the of the rosters, but that that's where we are now because you and, and we said this in the past. You used to get four or five years to. To uh, to win, now you got two or three, so you got to you got to do it immediately. So I don't, I don't blame anybody going out there and changing rosters. And plus, hey, let's let's face it, you know, you know with the uh, with the players basically uh, being able to change schools as easy as as they can. I mean, it, it's you're just going to have a turnover. How much? It, I, it, I, it's going to vary from every year to year. Yeah, and I think conference realignment is at the at the root of some of this too, particularly with BYU and possibly some with Colorado. I think Colorado's circumstances were different, but I think BYU knows they had to do some things to make their roster Big 12 ready uh, and do it in a hurry. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. And I, I, think, I, I really, truly think the West Coast teams going to the different uh, conferences, Big 10, ACC, what have you, I, I think I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I, I really think that the uh, the the travel times and the uh, time zone differences and stuff like that's going to make them less attractive. Uh, I could be totally wrong. I, I guess we'll know that in probably four or five, six years. Uh, you know, if it impacts their recruiting, but I, I think I think it probably impacted Arkansas uh, in a good way with Keir uh, uh, Greer, uh, the offensive lineman from uh, North Carolina, who uh, switched from Stanford to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, played a little bit in uh, his decision. Yeah. Richard Davenport with us here on the Morning Rush on the McClarty Daniel Highline. 6.30 kickoff Saturday night should lend itself to a lot of uh, a lot of visitors and a lot of people able to get in for the game, fly in the day of from out of state. Uh, is there a lengthy list growing for uh, for visits on Saturday night? It, you, you usually, uh, usually today and tomorrow you have a, a better idea about how many guys are going to show up last week they had about 50 and yeah, but uh, i anticipate uh, probably about 70 or so uh this weekend you already have a few that, that said that they're going to be coming uh, jackson uh cantwell uh 2026 offensive lineman from uh, missouri who's probably one of the more freakish athletes that uh, I've uh, I've reported on, uh, covered, or what have you. Uh, he, he's six six, about three hundred ten pounds, but incredibly strong. Uh, he, he threw the shot put like uh, cl- close to sixty five feet as a you know last year as a as a freshman, which is 
unbelievable. And uh, and he is, uh, I think his bench is right around. I think he had like uh, four. He, he did four oh five like four or five times. I mean, we're talking about a guy that just 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 going into a sophomore year. And uh, but anyway, he's going to be making a second visit to Arkansas on Saturday. Bear McWhorter, uh, the uh, twenty six offensive lineman that's committed to Arkansas, he'll be in town. Uh, and several other guys have said that they're coming, but I have a better idea uh, today and or, or tomorrow about the list. And Cantwell's the kid from Nixon, right, Richard? Now he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he 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 truly is is one of the more freakish athletes I've I've seen for strength. Obviously, his dad was a an Olympian uh, shot putter. His mom uh, too. So uh, obviously, the genes are very very impressive, but. Uh, I mean, here's a guy with a uh, you know long arms. You don't you don't you usually don't see long arm offensive linemen be able to put up the numbers that he's putting up, and he's doing it. He's he, he's as strong as a lot of uh, uh, probably more so more than uh, more than uh, a lot of the offensive linemen on college campuses right now. That's pretty impressive. We're talking with Richard Davenport here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, I do want to ask you a basketball question. Arkansas got a commitment this week. Jason Shelley, young man from Frisco, Texas, now playing at Link Prep in Branson, Missouri. Of course, Arkansas has gotten a couple Texas kids lately in Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black. Jordan played at Link Prep. Uh, your thoughts on the latest commitment to Eric Musselman in this basketball program? Yeah, consensus uh, four-star, uh, six nine, about uh, 200 pounds, uh, very versatile uh player, a big guy, uh, you know, adequate third three point shooter, uh, right around thirty percent. Obviously you want to see that get up around thirty five and beyond. And uh, but uh, obviously he can c- continue to work on that. So uh all the physical tools are there. He's a he's a high character kid, comes from an athletic family. His dad played played briefly in the NFL is his brother, uh, we've talked about, uh, was a starting quarterback for Missouri State when Arkansas played him last last year, and that's when he visited uh, for an unofficial. Then, obviously, he visited for an official over the weekend. He indicated before the visit uh, to me that uh, Arkansas was in really good shape, so it wasn't a surprise that he, he, he uh, jumped on board. But a uh, good pickup, like I said, consensus four-star. I had uh, officially visited Louisville and uh, had plans to visit Ohio State in Colorado, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll leave it there this morning, Richard. We appreciate you joining us, as always, Wednesdays at 6.30. We'll do it again next week. Hopefully we'll hear about some fun visits after a win this weekend. All right, guys. We'll see you. Bill from Northwest or Northeast Arkansas text in that he feels like we have not seen the full extent of Danny Nose's playbook, and I would agree with that. I don't know how much he's utilized to this point, but there's no need to do it against Western Carolina and Kent State. Hopefully not against BYU. I bet he'll roll some more stuff out next week in Baton Rouge. I know the running game has been an issue to this point, y'all. And Brady Latham, A.J. Green got asked about that last night. Here is what they said about the Arkansas ground game. No lines gone together, and the run game is kind of what we want to be known for. We've had success in the past in the run game, and we want to continue to have success. So we've taken these challenges really personal. It's something that we're going to get fixed, and we're working really hard at.
I would say, like he said, it's really a challenge now. And obviously we got new people on the line. We have some people to left. So we're not all comfortable yet. And that's what we've been working on every single day. So the run game, as you can see, is just going to keep getting better from now on. And we're going to learn to execute our plays better. You heard AJ use the term comfortable there. Hopefully they look more comfortable this Saturday night. Tommy, we could see a rotation on the front five. But if you're rotating at this point against BYU, I, I wonder what that's going to look like next week against LSU. When you say rotating, there's a difference between rotating and substituting. I mean, rotating means you don't have it figured out by six or seven guys. Substituting means someone needs a break or coming out. I, I, I just I think we're so early in the schedule, and the coaches know what the the, the 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 caliber of opponent is they know what the the big tests are coming up with LSU I don't know why some are making such a big deal out of seven or eight guys playing at this point particularly with the kind of opponent you played so far and considering Latham was out game one I I don't understand why this is such a big issue with some I think the o, o line needs to stay as consistent as possible unless somebody's just getting blown off the ball or something I mean I I think you should keep, you know, try to keep it at a at a minimum of rotating. But I mean, that's probably ob- stating the obvious there. But they haven't gotten to push the first two games. I right. think that's what fans and yeah, I mean, your head football coach said it yesterday or two days ago on Monday. So that's what people are pointing to. And when you when you ask about the rotating question, whether it's fair or foul, this fan base expects year in year out under this football coach. That's that 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 position group is either the best or one of the best on the team. It's not always going to be like that. That's just the overall expectation. Well, so when they're not like this year, at least through two games, then you're going to get feedback from this fan base like you've gone through two games. But he addressed that after the game where, you know, is Arkansas the only team in America playing six or seven or eight guys? Of course not. I mean, I, I just don't understand where some of that is is coming from at this point. Now, if you get a couple more weeks down the road and you don't seem to have, you know, that five figured out, but I think right now you have the luxury because of the schedule to have the flexibility to to move some pieces mm-hmm. around, to figure it out and with 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 live bullets if you will in game action. There's no better way to evaluate than in game action, right? I mean, so I just think this point is is overblown by people who you know, none of us understand offensive line play as well as Sam Pittman. He's he's the one that has the most knowledge. I, I don't understand the questioning of some of this at this point, considering who you've played in the first two games. Well, Kyle says the concern as he texted on the McCarty-Daniel hotline to you is that they haven't looked good. That's his concern. Can you honestly say through two games? Pass blocking has been fine. There's been nothing yeah. wrong with pass blocking. Uh, have they? I mean, we got this idea that they're just going to road grade people on the first yeah. series of the game. Look at the second half plays. Look at the second half rushing averages. When do you break? When do you wear people down? Not on play three. Mm-hmm. Not on series two. They didn't have much snap. But they had 20, 23 first half snaps. You think you're going to wear down the defensive line in twenty three snaps over the course of thirty minutes of football? But what happened in the second half against Kent State? They were rolling, right? That final drive was a six minutes, I think. Right, ran the clock out on them. Mm-hmm. They need to remember that final drive and just right. I mean, try to replicate that. I just think we have to understand what happened in the first half against Kent State. They set on the ball. They ran the play clock down. You don't go out. I mean, 
Arkansas is not Mike Tyson. They're not going to knock out the opponent in the first 90 seconds of the of, of the match. That's not how it works. So, I mean, I think if you go back and you really look at the the first two games of what happened at the line of scrimmage in the second half, that's more of a representation of what they can become. Is it a finished product? Is this SEC ready? I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying it's not as bad as some are making it out to be. JT and Hot Springs thinks that like the offense did struggled in 2015 for the first three or four games that we're going to see the offensive line get better throughout the season. I think that's an expectation, not just for Arkansas, but several teams to this point. I think what people are again concerned about as we've received multiple texts this morning is through two weeks, you don't have a running game that can help you in the Southeastern conference that fans believe will get you wins. That's, the responses that we've received that are leading me to believe they don't feel confident for SEC play in a week and a half. That may be right, but I don't think we fully know yet. And that's right, too. Two games. Yeah. Played two games to this point against competition that's nowhere near the level of SEC competition. And you've won, I won't say going away, but you've won comfortably um, in these first two games. Covering can't be the only expected. Well, they didn't cover. We've heard that a few times. Well, that that's not the end-all, be-all. They There was never a doubt in the first two games if Arkansas was going to win. Never. Yeah, every team in the SEC has issues, maybe besides Georgia. I mean, ours just happens to be O-line. And it, I mean, that's a very important part of your offense, obviously. So it would be nice to get that going. Right. Eric, I, I think the expectation is like this physical mauling and manhandling of the opponent from play one. That, that, that's just not how it works. I think what also plays into this is what we talked about in the offseason, and I asked the question several times, and I got the same response. Which unit do you feel more confident in, the offense or the defense? And it was overwhelmingly, I'd say 90-plus percent, will tie the offense. Well, through two games, which have you felt more confident in? It's been the defense. Now, again, the passing game from the offense was great in game one, not so much in game two. And so people were just confused because the expectation was the offense was going to carry this football team this year. Yeah. And it hasn't necessarily been that case through two games. Not to say that they won't do it at some point. At, at some point this season, the defense is going to be horrible. They're just going to have an off game or two. And the offense is going to have to carry the load. But that's another thing that plays into this is what people thought this team was going to be from a offensive defensive group and i think some of this we get caught up in stats we look at at game totals and you think about the second play of the year how much of that was running and how much of that was passing on Jaden wilson's touchdown it was a receiver screen with a great block from tesla and 95 percent of that play was what yards after catch i mean it's really a, a running play that had to be blocked up at the line of scrimmage and blocked up by the wide receivers and it was executed, and it, you know, it got to the outside of the block, and it was gone. I mean, I think some of this, we also, you know, how it goes down statistically and on the box score versus what actually happened on the field, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the line of scrimmage that are essentially run plays as well. Chuck and Fayville says it's as bad as we're making it out to be. The offense scored 21 points in four quarters, a mediocre run game. This offensive line is going to get dominated in SEC play. Might be right, but I don't think we know yet, and I don't think it's a finished product. I think we we assume what we've seen through two games is the way it's going to be come November. And we know that's not right. 
We just know it's not right. Well, I think that I think what's fair, and I don't know, Chuck, if I would necessarily jump a hundred percent on board with you, but I I will think I do think it's fair to say that they have underwhelmed from a rushing standpoint through two mm-hmm. games. Now, other areas have overperformed based on your expectation, but well, that specific part of this team has been underwhelming. Well, when it comes to the O line, I said this earlier. I'll say it again. There's reason for concern. There's reason for caution. There's no reason for panic. And I think we're getting some people that are panicking that's a at good this way point. To, I'd say that's a good I, way I think there's reason to be concerned. I know it's not SEC ready, but we're not playing an SEC game this week. Got him. We're 2-0. Oh. We're running out of time. I get it. And Arkansas, that's the best point, Big C. 2-0. and oh, You've won both games. Chad Boris wouldn't have won that game last week. I promise you. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet online. Where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so Aaron Rodgers, again, out for the season, confirmed yesterday that he has a ruptured torn Achilles. Apparently, it's all the way through. Sometimes it just is kind of partially torn. When I tore my ACL, it's all the way through. So you feel for him, his recovery process. We'll see how long it's. It's typically a 10 to 12 month recovery. He's older, so I would expect it to be on the closer side to 12. There are odds out there right now of who's going to be the next quarterback because no one really thinks that Zach Wilson is going to stay and retain that starting job. Names have popped out. Nick Foles, Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz, Cooper Rush, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Uh, There's some trade options as well that have been tossed out there. Tim Tebow is is even in the odds. What are the odds on Tim Tebow? 150 to 1. Yeah, I would say that may be high. Tom Brady listed at 20 to 1. What do you think Patriots fans would do if Tom Brady became the starting quarterback 
for an AFC East rival, the New York Jets. Anything? I don't see that happening, but I, I, I mean, it? you never say never anymore, you know. Brett Favre going to come back. Yeah. For what is he? Yeah, he's dealing with those back issues that that uh, that commercial is helping him on. Yeah. The copper tone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He threw like tone, seven or eight copper sleeves. Yeah. He threw like seven or eight touchdowns one game when he was a New York Jet. He was a decent fantasy yeah. quarterback for me back in the day. What do you think the reaction was in Green Bay and with Packers fans? You're, you, you claim to be a Packers fan. Yeah. What? I don't think they care for Aaron Rodgers much any any longer. Do you? You never root for injury because that's bad karma. But I just wonder, like that bar that's it was paying the tab yeah. and all these things. I just wonder when that happened and fans were gathered just to watch football and maybe be there for free free drinks and eats or whatever. Did they cheer or did they moan when Aaron Rodgers went down with injury? Well, here's I'm glad you brought that up because, of course, Monday Night Football happens. Aaron Rodgers goes down, plays about 75 seconds, goes down. And that bar in Milwaukee Tommy just referenced, again, had a deal set out. Can't be during a Packers game, but if the Jets play or on television and Aaron Rodgers starts, if they lose, your drink tab is paid for. Well, he gets injured. The fans are happy. And then the Jets go on and win. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long <laughs> touchdown in overtime. You can take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's where we're at. So think about the Packers. Better had a good security guard at the door. Yeah, you're trying to run out your I need to your see tab. your receipt, sir. <laughs> Think about that as a Packers or just fan that's in that bar. You see Rodgers go yeah. down. You're oh. going to get hammered. Right. When he went down, I was like, there's no way the Jets are going to win now. Can you imagine being the bar owner in that moment? Do you go crazy knowing after knowing that, like on your tap? Oh, 100%. Tab, or do you yeah, just kind of like... Up the bill. <sighs> every one of them did. And then... That uh, that uh, rookie power returner takes it back, yeah. and they're like, "We have to pay." <laughs> yeah, the bar owner's like, "Yes, yes, yes." I would wait till about maybe halftime, third quarter, to see kind of like you know how the game's going. What was it thirteen to three? It was all. Yeah. It was close I the whole so. game. Yeah, I think so. And again, yeah, it was never more than a. You know, a touchdown well, or a touchdown, a field goal. You think about the bar owner. He's gotten all this publicity in the last week or so oh, for yeah. his location, Milwaukee. We're going to Milwaukee at some point. I'm 1,000% going there. That's good marketing. You'd have never Two, heard of it no, before. No, 100%. Two, he didn't, he made a boatload of money last night. And now, three, he doesn't have to worry about the rest of the season because, again, oh. Aaron Rodgers has well, to that's the start. Bad part. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has to start. Yeah, that's bad for him though, because now yeah. no one has that reason to come to his bar other than you know he's he's gotten his name out. That, there. Yeah, and that's true, but I still think people will go because I'm going to go just because of this promotion, and I want to. Will see the locals go though? That's a good question. I still, I mean, though that place seems like a place that they'll go for Packers games and whatnot, but yeah, I want I, I want someone to pick up my tab though. Yeah. You know, 
we need to we need to get with one of our advertisers during an Arkansas game or something and figure out a way to hey if they do this or they do that your your tabs for your food tab bar tab or whatever but that again it's a promotion that it's a great future in giving stuff away I mean it's just it's, it, it's a it wonderful business off. plan I'm yeah. sure he'll come up with something else you know similar to that like to make up for money you know just like if so and so loses you know at least well, that's what I would try I mean to you do. could say the Bears but yeah I mean but they lose all the time right so right so I, I I don't know. I mean, you're not going to be able to duplicate with at least a portion of the Packers fan base. I think it's a large, probably a majority that have a real hatred for Aaron Rodgers. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just amazing. It goes from your favorite son to outcast. But uh, I'm sure there was a lot of rooting and cheering and fist pumping and high fiving and whatever when he got hurt, which is really bad karma. I never. I, when that happened, I felt horrible. I. I'm a bad Packers fan. I'll admit that. I don't follow it as closely as I do the Arkansas Razorbacks in certain sports. But I didn't feel good when Aaron went down. I thought about my brother. I thought about other Jets fans. I thought about him himself, how much he's had to work to this point to get to it. All the hype and energy around Monday night. I was just sucked out of the stadium. I would end it on a great game, but I wasn't rooting for that. If you root for, like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't root for Jane Daniels to get injured next week. I'm not rooting for... Alabama to have injuries upon injuries. Now, if it happens, like that's fine. You adjust to it, but you don't root for that type of stuff because it always comes back to bite you in the butt. And mm-hmm. if there's anything Arkansas fans need to avoid after this past calendar year, it's bad juju and injuries. We don't need that again, y'all. Absolutely. At all. Absolutely. Hey, let me take a moment to tell you about our friends at Vici Aesthetics and Wellness. They have added Terraziptide to their lineup of great... Uh, Great ways to aid you in losing weight. Semaglutide, teraziptide are weight loss game changers, both approved by the FDA. And when you visit with the, f- the staff at Vici for the first time, their medical doctor is going to go through your medical history and make sure this is a great match and a great fit for you to lose 20, 30, 40, or more pounds. You probably talked to somebody in your friend circle or at work that has lost some weight and it's become noticeable, and you're wondering, how did they do it? And if they tell you, well, I went to the doctor, got the shot, or I went so and such and such, got the shot, that's what Vici Aesthetics and Wellness can help you with. So if you're looking for a place to start you on a weight loss journey, maybe you've got a goal to lose 25 or 35 or 50 pounds before the holidays, Vici Aesthetics and Wellness with semaglutide and teraziptide can help you with that weight loss journey. Give them a call for, uh, for a consultation. They can even do virtual appointments in Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, 479-343-8424. You can call or text that number, 479-343-8424. Again, Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma for Vici Aesthetics and Wellness. Brady Latham, A.J. Green were two of the four players that talked with the Arkansas media last night. Also had Antonio Greer and Chris Paul Jr. And when asked about, hey, you guys going to underestimate BYU? Because they may have done that a little bit against Kent State. Here's what those two guys said. No, I don't think there's any concern that we're going to underestimate BYU. We're uh, playing them again, but we have a really new team. We've got a lot of new guys up front. we got new guys at almost every position. we got guys who, this is their first year being raised back. we got a lot of transfers, so this is a new team. They're a new team. They're a really good team. We've watched a lot of their film. They won a lot of games, so we're not underestimating them at all. Just like Brady said, no matter what team comes in here, we're never going to underestimate them. We're going to play them as we were playing Bama. We're playing, as Coach Pitt likes to say, it could be Green Bay Packers. 
I think it's fair to say that this team underestimated Kent State a little bit. Now, I will say it's hard to get 100% jacked up for a team you're favored by nearly 40 points for and lost like 54 to 6 the week before. But you can't do that against BYU or you'll lose this Saturday night. You're favored by about 10. That line's gone down a little bit when it initially opened. I hope that last week was a wake-up call not necessarily for the defense, but if we're, if we're being honest, for the offense, because they got to get rolling like they did in game one early. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's another another week of evidence to see kind of where Arkansas is at. You play at night. Uh, I think the, the crowd will be a little more uh, electric and juiced up than even what we saw last week. But, you know, we're all patiently or eagerly waiting on the, the edge of our seat here to see what this run game does. And I think we've, we've maybe over overstated what it should be. Arkansas has been fine in the first two games. They haven't been as dominant as maybe some would want. They hadn't covered maybe where some you know had a financial investment. But you know, has there ever been a moment in the first eight quarters you thought, they're going to lose this game today? You know, this team isn't a finished product yet. And you got a quarterback that's, as you've talked about earlier, you wouldn't trade for anyone, at least in this league mm-hmm. right now. There's a lot of good things going on with this team. And the defense... As, as far behind as some of us believe that the offense may be with running the football, the defense is even further ahead than they are behind with where we thought they would be at this point. We thought about a good defensive line and how they were going to get after it, and last week they really got after Kent State. But this defense, through two games, now consider the level of opponent, but they played, I think, above expectations to this point. Yeah, you think about last game, seven sacks, 11 tackles for loss, didn't actually have the same impact in game one. BYU's going to do some different things on offense as of they're going to do on defense. We'll see what they can, a type of impact they can have on that. Now, speaking of the BYU Cougars, this Saturday night, I'm going to go over a few things with you this morning. And I want you to tell me, Tommy and Christian, if you would pay for any of these things. Okay? All right. A locker room visit on Friday cost $100 prior to the BYU game. Would you pay $100 for one of your kiddos to see the locker room? I've been to the locker room. I know we have plenty I, of times. But for Dylan, a young kid who's went to his yeah. first game two years ago against Texas. So is that $200 for me and him both to go? I think so, yeah. Ooh. All right, what else person. is on the menu? You get to be on the field during the opening of the hog pin gate. Listen to this, y'all. Four hundred dollars. Wow. Yes, and you have to have a ticket to. Let me be clear. You have to have bought a ticket. Bought, bought a ticket. There you go again. Bought a ticket, and then this is an additional cost. Four hundred. You get to be on the field. You get to swing the gate open, or you're just there nearby. I think you're just there. You don't even get to run through the A like like I know you want to. You I might, might pay, pay for that. I might pay for that. All right, not not four hundred. All right, what else on the menu? Pre-game catch on the field, just tossing the ball back and forth, 250 bucks. Mm, mate. Nope. If I, you know, maybe if I had my kid, if I had a kid or something, I might do it, but not from just me. One pass, one catch. No. I don't think <laughs> it's, who? even then it would be. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just you and someone else. Uh-huh. Uh, be, if it was like his favorite player playing catch with him or something, maybe, but. Uh, yeah, that's... All right, what else? Pictures at the 50-yard line are sold out, so you don't get that chance. A pregame sideline pass is 250 bucks, which we could walk down with our credentials. Right. It wouldn't matter, but did you pay for that? Probably if it was a 
particularly a player I want to get close to or see or take some pictures of. Two fifty doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, you got to think about the kiddos. It's a longer experience too. You probably get thirty yeah. minutes down there. That's probably a better value than compared to some of the other options. And a halftime sideline pass is a hundred bucks. No. I'm not doing that. So the only one, it sounds like... There's no running through the A? I can't pay a grand to run through the A or something like that? I'm that's not on there at this point. You could be like Aaron Rodgers, man. Maybe it's... I, I Like, when he held the... I thought that was... So, Monday night, for those who didn't watch the game... Rogers not only, again, ever all eyes on him, he's running out with the American flag. Oh, yeah? Like, it, it, I mean, it is... Yeah. It is about as cool as a first-game intro as you'll see see across sports for a new team now again he's not a rookie in the nfl but it was like all right monday night football let's go and then of course that happens to that point what if you could be i know the players it's a it's a big deal for the arkansas razorbacks to be the player that's holding up the american flag what would you pay what would be the most you but for let's think about this next year lsu or alabama pick the the arch nemesis you want to beat it's a top 15 matchup top 20 matchup it's a night game or it's a and it's not gonna be a 230 on cbs game because it's done after this year what would you pay to do that to run out with the run american flag a with the flag because you don't care i mean mississippi state auburn hopefully those would be good games but it's not the same it's not the same level as it would be for next year with host or texas texas yeah. even better you get texas next year what would you pay for that thousand bucks that's a that's a hefty... I don't think that's outrageous, though. I well, they have high-speed cameras so they can actually get me running where it's not just a blur when they take yeah. the photographs. Okay, that's a thousand bucks. You know, you know <laughs> Fox and CBS have yeah, spent... I, I, the, mean, I need to make sure there's, there's high-speed lenses there so they don't miss me. Fox and <laughs> CBS have spent an astronomical amount of money on those new lenses yeah. that look like you're there in mm-hmm. person when someone scores a touchdown. Well, they put the, uh, the the new technology on me to see how many miles per hour I'm running. If I get up into the you'll 20s. You'll be in that 20s like <laughs> Coach Souders has talked about with a bunch. You'll be one of those, yes, what, like 40 guys that are 20 plus mile one miles. Uh, you'll be up there at that point. He's an so, idol, folks. So a thousand bucks to run out with the American flag. Hey, athletics department. I know there you, you go. got a bunch of lackeys listening right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a check today. So. He'll do it right now. Texas, whenever that game is next year, Tommy will pay a thousand bucks to run out with the flag. I'm, in, I'm all in. Hey. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
got a chance to hear from Brady Latham and A.J. Green last night, and Latham talked about, hey, we're lucky to have our starting quarterback if we discuss this morning. We're uh, really lucky to have a player like K.J. who can bail us out and make big plays when we need him to. Yeah, same here. It's funny how he always talks about how he lifts weights, but I really think that's just more of a balance thing. But, I mean, y'all don't have to tell him that. <laughs> I do think that's a, a good point to me, man. I don't know if there's many, if any, Arkansas fans out there in this conference that would trade your starting quarterback for anyone else in the league. Now, you're two games in. There's a lot of football left to be played. Maybe one guy stands out amongst the rest. But right now, to this point, you haven't been overly impressed with really any of the guys in this league. I think, and I mentioned this earlier, it's a down league yeah. quarterback-wise in the SEC this year. Yeah, but I, I had them, but I don't have them in front of me. Jaden Daniels' numbers against Florida State weren't horrific. I mean, no, um, a lot of yards. You know, and they, last week their offense scored 72. So I wouldn't be ready to write him off yet. I mean, we're, we're going to find out in a couple of weeks. I, you know, so quarterback play you don't have a Heisman Trophy contender at this point it appears but you know and it's not as deep as it once was and the league's been through some years like this I think as the quarterback play gets deeper and better across this league obviously the teams are better mm-hmm. and we went through a period here the last couple of years where it was better um, you know but Georgia proved that hey we can win national titles without a top shelf Heisman level um, quarterback even though he was considered in that conversation so I mean uh, you know, there, there's, there's, we don't value, we, we overvalue some things, we undervalue others. Yeah, the, so. Georgia, all Georgia is, is the old Alabama, yeah. where they have a, a great running game, uh, a quote unquote bus driver, yeah, quarterback, great you know? defense, great running game, and McElroy, McCarron, Coker, yeah, that's all Stetson Bennett was, right? And then as if Carson Beck is the same, he's not turning the ball over, running the offense adequately, they're probably going to go on to win another national championship and go back to back to back for the first time since those Minnesota teams in the 30s or 40s or whatever. Alabama can't do that now. Their defense isn't good enough. Their running game, as we saw last week, they got away from it. They have to have a supreme quarterback, which they've had in Mac Jones, Tua Tungabaloa, Bryce Young. Milrow's not it. We'll see if any one of these other cats are, but he is not that guy. Not so far. I mean, that's why KJ... I mean, you look at him, and again, I know some ready to write off Jaden Daniels, but I'm I'm not. Um, I still think they're the best two quarterbacks right now in this league. That's what makes this game in Baton Rouge coming up. I mean, BYU's a huge game, too. If we can somehow win these next two games, maybe KJ emerges as kind of that, you know, that face of the SEC, that player we're all looking for. Yeah. BYU's a big game because if you have any aspirations of winning eight or more, you've got to win oh, this game. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be 4-0 in non-conference games. The idea of winning five league games right now, and I know the West is not maybe what it's been, but the idea of winning five league games and only three SE or three non-conference games, I'm not saying it's impossible, but that seems like a, a difficult and unlikely path to eight wins. Yep. You're at A.J. Green there. He's going to be with Coach tonight and Chuck Barrett, of course, at his show from 7 to 8, Sam Pittman Live, along with Trajan Jeffcoat. So those are the two players that will be there tonight. Trajan had a really good game. SEC co-offense or co-defensive lineman of the week. And then AJ in one of his bigger games has 82 yards at career high. Hopefully we'll see that again blossom against BYU even more this week. Coach said it last week. You want to get on the on the radio show? You want to get the invite to the coach's show? You got to play good. So he generally picks someone that makes a big play or had a great game and sounds like... Uh, 
particularly with Jeff Coat. He uh, he earned that ticket mm-hmm. to come to the coaches' show tonight. Last thing here in your hog update: Jason Peters, forty plus years old, signed with the Seahawks. His agent announced that yesterday. He's been with the Cowboys, a longtime Pro Bowler with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Matt Jones, old teammate, as he talked about yesterday, still kicking. Now he's going to go play out in Seattle for a little bit. Going to get to have him on the Pro Hog update. Yeah. Now. Pro uh, a Pro Football Hall of Fame first ballot guy. Maybe the best pro career of anyone you've ever had at Arkansas. I mean, you, you, sometimes you don't think about Lyman first, but you look at his career, the longevity of it, um, all the Pro Bowls, going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's 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 at the top of the list. It's probably uh, – former Razorbacks in their pro careers. Yep. Nope. You're 100% right. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right. Two questions for you two this morning. It's National Peanut Day. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy peanut butter. See, I'm going creamy. I don't like crunchy peanut butter. I like butter. crunchy. I'm not like totally against crunchy, but I'll eat either one. But, but yeah, creamy is just. I guess the you're easier, using it. I mean, the easier a choice. Sandwich, the easier I'll take choice. the crunchy. Yeah, you're using it as an ingredient. Probably the creamy. Okay. It's also snag and pickle day. Sour, dill, or sweet. Any of them. Uh, I, I like those deli pickles. I don't know what they're not really sour or sweet, but you know the you know what I'm talking about. You get them sometimes as a. As a side, or on your on your plate of barbecue yeah. or a nice sandwich, so those are the best pickles in the world. I'll um, go. I'll go. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I'll go with dill. Sweet pickles are just disgusting to me. I don't know why. Sweet. I just don't like, like a them. bread and butter pickle on your. I'm on not your the biggest burger. fan of them either. I'd rather have dill. Hmm. Well, I, a good bread and butter pickle. That's on okay. A, on a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich is. Is, is a nice addition. B text in on the McCarty Daniel hotline. He just likes a, a pickle spear. Yeah. Preferably Those dill. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Deli pickle spear. Yeah. It's comes with it. We, uh, have you ever seen those, like those pickle buckets and stuff? Like the, when you, when you pull them out of the, right. not the, is it the brine? Is that what you're called or whatever? Right. And you well, get okay. The pickle fre- juice. Yeah, yeah. The fresh, like when they, they have those fresh pickles at different kind of obscure gas stations or obscure, um, you're talking like stand. like the jar that would be in a concession stand, like a like a two gallon jar well, that, of pickles. Well, it, it, the two gallon one, and I've seen even like barrels of them yeah. too. I, I so what about it? Have you? Oh, I'm asking. Have you ever like seen one and gotten yeah, one? Yeah, actually, I bought one at Sam's the other day. One of those big jugs. giant ones. Yeah, the kids like pickles. Those like the ones you get at a football game or something, or you know, I don't know if you get them at a gas station necessarily, but they. What they is, seem to like it. What is your grocery bill a month? Mine's 30 bucks. A month? No, sorry, not a month. 120 a month. <laughs> okay. 30 a week. What is your grocery bill a week? Mm. Like 150? Now, I ate my I, parents out of house and home when I was a kid, so I yeah, understand. Probably more than that. 250? I, I don't... Probably more. Probably don't want to know. Just swipe the card. Yeah, just, tell, I mean, what are you going to do? Laura, tell the wife to swipe the card. Worry about it later. Almost cheaper to eat out anymore. I mean, <laughs> you go to the grocery store. I, I went... And this is a convenience store, but I stopped after a game the other night and got a Coke Zero and a small bag of M&M's. Fifteen bucks. No. Seven bucks. No. <laughs> Six dollars and eighty-three cents. What? Yeah. At, at where? Like, <laughs> at, at a convenience store. Where was it? Moralton, Arkansas. Six dollars and eighty-three yeah, cents. Yeah, yeah crazy. 
It's crazy what things cost. A Coke Zero? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I that's what I asked them, too. They said, yes, sir. I said, okay. Hope Swiped you, and went on. I hope you expense it to the Arkansas uh, Athletics Association. Uh, anyway. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Let's welcome in Mitch Harper on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, talking some BYU here. Mitch, I want to start with last year there are so many new players so many new pieces on this cougars team i know arkansas handled him in provo last year is revenge on the mind of these guys coming into fayetteville even with so many new faces on the roster well first off good morning guys and i think for for kalani satake he's downplaying the revenge factor but i think for the players they're absolutely looking for revenge especially the defensive guys uh, that were part of that game last year. I was talking with Max Tooley, who you know Sam Pittman highlighted, uh, you know, in his presser this week. You know, Tooley definitely says there's a little more urgency in practice this week, knowing what transpired last year in Provo against the Hogs. So I think that BYU definitely for those returning players, there's revenge. Now you're right though. There's nearly 60 new players on this roster. It's not quite a Coach Prime Colorado flip, but man, BYU overhauled the roster in an effort to have more depth and more talent as they go into the Big 12. I think Arkansas fans are still getting adjusted calling BYU a Big 12 school. Has has that fan base fully embraced moving to this conference that Arkansas has to compete with on Saturday? Absolutely. I mean, I think BYU, this was a dream for them to, to go to the Big 12. I mean, they, they've been dreaming of this for the last five decades, even when, you know, Lavelle took the sidelines. This was always the goal. I mean, it might seem strange to think that the Big 12 was the goal, but BYU understands their their limitations as a faith-based university. It was never going to be an option in the Pac-12. It was never going to be an option in the Big 10 or things like that. So the Big 12, you know, philosophically and, and maybe the, the membership makeup, it just made the most sense, and BYU has fully embraced it. I mean, everywhere you look around Provo, there's the Roman numeral, Big 12 logo everywhere. The people are really excited about being in a, in a power conference. Let's talk about your quarterback. And Keaton Slove is um, third stop in his career. Redshirt senior. This guy's uh, been at Pitt, USC, over 10,000 yards in career uh, passing yards, 72 touchdowns. Tell us about this very experienced quarterback that I think, uh, you know, Razorback fans better get ready for on Saturday. It's going to be a, a challenge. Well, BYU 
you know, they were definitely heavy in the transfer portal market uh, back in December at quarterback position. They contacted a lot of guys, including Spencer Sanders, who's at Ole Miss, and Drew Pine, who's at Arizona State. But Keaton Slovis was, you know, according to Aaron Roderick and Kalani, the number one quarterback prospect for BYU, in large part because he knew so much about the offense the moment he arrived on campus. He had worked with uh, John Beck, who's trained, you know, Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, two NFL quarterbacks that have been at BYU in the past. So he just he knew a lot already. So he stepped in in January, and he kind of knew a lot of the playbook, and he's to the point where Aaron Roderick feels like he knows everything about, you know, how BYU runs this offense. Now it's just a matter of, you know, executing it at a higher level against better competition. He was good last week against Southern Utah. When he has the time in the pocket, he can, you know, light it up and, and put up some numbers. So you, you see the NFL talent that people, you know, talked about him being a potential first-rounder after his first year at USC, but it's the consistency. And, and that first week against Sam Houston, I thought he struggled, and I thought the entire offense struggled. Some of that was due to the play calling, I believe. But I think that Slovis, when given time, he can he can perform well. And, and he's and one area that he's been focusing on is improving the deep ball and his accuracy in that department. So I look for BYU to take some shots downfield. That's always kind of the mo of what they do, and I think they'll try to execute that on Saturday. You talked about defensively, maybe some some of the guys like uh, maybe a, a Ben Bywater or somebody that was with the team last year. Uh, remembering how that game went. What adjustments do you think you'll see, particularly second half with BYU this year, who let Arkansas run over them in the uh, third and fourth quarter? That that game was was a low point for Kalani Sakaki last year, not because of the opponent, obviously, but just the, the manner in which BYU's defense operated. I was in the, the post-game uh, elevator ride with the defensive coordinator, BYU's ex-defensive coordinator, Elias Kuyaki, and you could just tell it was, it was dead man walking after that game because he got demoted the following Monday after. And, and, you know, BYU knew at that moment they needed a new defensive coordinator after that game against Arkansas as it spiraled out of control. So Jay Hill comes in and he has brought a 180 approach uh, as far as the aggression, uh, the blitz stunts, I mean, the, the packages that they throw at teams, they are a lot more aggressive. Now it's just a matter of, can they actually finish the job and get some sacks? They've been good on takeaways, though. They, they've they've been uh, you know had some success in the interception this year, which has been a, a pleasant change for BYU because last year they just could not create any sort of takeaways or any sort of havoc uh, for anyone. Uh, and, and in Arkansas, I got a firsthand glimpse of that. So uh, you, you mentioned Ben Bywater; he's going to be one of the top guys. Max Tooley as well. Tyler Batty, a defensive end, number ninety-two. He's kind of viewed as maybe their their top. Uh, if a guy's going to get some sacks, they would be the top guy to watch. Well, he's the only one that's got a sack so far. And then at cornerback, Jacob Robinson and Eddie Heckard lead the way for BYU. Heckard was, you know, a four-star transfer portal guy from the FCS ranks as an All-American. He came over from Weber State with Jay Hill, and, and he's just been kind of a seamless fit in that nickel spot for BYU when they line up in a – and a four with uh, four defensive backs. We're talking with Mitch Harper, a little BYU this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Mitch, you talked about that game last year, how specifically the defensive players kind of want to uh, hopefully redeem themselves. How are they going to try and stop KJ Jefferson on Saturday night? And it's going to be a tall task for them. I, I think that you know they are going to try to bring a, a, a lot of pressure. I think it's a unique spot for BYU, and I, I think both teams, you know, it's a similar dynamic. I think 
Sam Pittman's right how there's a lot of similarities between these two teams because both have been struggling with their offensive lines. Both have been struggling with their ground attack. And it, it's also a game of you got to get ready for conference play for, for both teams. You've never experienced that. These would typically be the, the marquee games for BYU uh, that would you know just define a season when they were an independent. This game still matters a ton because BYU isn't going to go to an SEC venue until 2029 when they go to Ole Miss. So they don't get these opportunities often, but at the same time, they've got to get better going into the Big 12 play the following week. So I think BYU is going to you know, experiment with a lot. I think they're going to you know, bring a lot of heat. I, I think they are going to – I think that Jay Hill, defensive coordinator, has saved some of his playbook. I know that's kind of a cliche thing, but I really believe they've saved some of the stuff that they're going to throw at Arkansas – uh, for this for this game to kind of experiment and see what how it looks uh, because I, I don't think that what they've uh, you know ran thus far uh, is really anywhere the, the depth of what Jay Hill can do with this defense. So I expect a lot of pressure. Uh, I think a lot of blitz packages and I think a lot of um, you know try to get to that to that backfield and create some havoc that they they haven't had uh, much success with so far this season. Mitch, a good number of Razorback fans made the trip out to Provo last year and enjoyed some time in the state of Utah. Beautiful scene. Uh, are BYU fans in, in good numbers going to travel to the Ozarks to see this game? What is the, uh, uh, what, what's the pulse there as far as fans traveling with BYU to come to the South and a place they'll play more games in the future being a member of the Big 12? Definitely. This is a one of the, the top road trips for sure this season. I think this one... Kansas next week because it's the first Big 12 game in, in Texas a little bit later in the year. Those are kind of the three top games. I think a lot there's going to be a, a BYU alumni tailgate and, and service project. Uh, and so there's a lot of BYU and, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in the Southeast. They're going to make the trip to that game. I think there will be a good contingent from Utah as well. I don't, I don't have a specific number. I know BYU sold out their ticket allotment back in April, but uh, I, I would expect a good number of BYU fans, and there'll be even some sprinkled in the, I mean, the secondary ticket market as well. So, I, I mean, usually anywhere from, you know, I'd say probably seven to 8,000 at least. I mean, I think BYU always travels well. I remember the last SEC road game BYU went to, the Tennessee in 2019 in Knoxville, they had about 12,000 fans at that game. So BYU always shows up in numbers because they have so many people that are just, based in the area, and then you pair it up with the Utah contingent, and it uh, makes for a good show. And so, yeah, expect some Royal Blue for sure in the stand Saturday night. Mitch, are you going to get a chance to make the trip? Definitely. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be flying in on, on Friday, and uh, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. First time ever in the, in the, in the state of Arkansas, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, hopefully you have a good time this weekend. Stop by Herman's, get you something from Nick and Kerry, something good to eat. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you in the press box on Saturday night. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the recommendation, and uh, looking forward to uh, I think it should be an entertaining game. I appreciate it, guys. At the top of our Open, you heard Brady Latham and A.J. Green talking about they don't view this as a Big 12 versus SEC. And I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around that BYU is a Big 12 school now. But with the SEC not faring great in the first two weeks of football, Kansas State, I, if I had to guess, is probably going to go into Columbia, Missouri on Saturday and win that football game. Don't feel strong about BYU doing that against Arkansas. But, Tommy, you look at those, again, non-conference game for this league, Mississippi or Ole Miss hosts Georgia Tech. That's not going to be much of a game, but you kind of need both 
Arkansas and Missouri to to win this week. And I don't think Missouri's going to, but the league, again, has not started off strong relative to how they usually do. Well, in this game, I mean, you look at the script for BYU, similar to Arkansas. I mean, two non-conference games. They played Sam Houston. They won that game uh, 14 to nothing, then beat Southern Utah 41 to 16 last week. They played Arkansas, a step up in competition before opening conference play. Same script the Razorbacks have had this year. And I'm sure BYU, much like the Razorbacks are still trying to figure out a few things to get ready for conference play. So I would imagine BYU looks at this game as not a hey a great road trip and we hope to win. I'm I'm pretty sure they feel like, hey, we need to pass this test to be ready to go uh, to a place like Kansas. They play Oklahoma, play Texas, uh, Cincinnati, all coming up here in the next few weeks. They, I'm sure they feel like they've got uh, some bigger challenges ahead and need to show well against the Razorbacks. Because it's kind of how Mitch said it. It's like the beginning of the season for BYU used to be the marquee games, and then you just kind of played whoever, but that's completely changed based on them being inserted at the Big 12. Last year, Arkansas didn't have the luxury of kind of walking into their season. He got it right off the bat with Cincinnati, which was a good game. South Carolina, a conference opponent. This year, it's a little bit different, and maybe it worked out better this year. I don't know if you necessarily wanted to play Cincinnati right off the jump this season, or, or South Carolina in game two. So everything everything happens for a reason. Maybe, again, a step up, but you're definitely step up from competition when you go take on the Cougars in Fayetteville this Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, uh, you know, Arkan, the schedule is what it is, and the coaches have set up practice, set up their rotations. I mean, we talk about offensive line, and we were talking about that earlier in the show, and some are hand-wringing over the fact that, you know, there's more than five linemen playing. Coach addressed that Saturday after the game that, hey, we're still trying to figure it out. This schedule, and he described it, is the perfect situation to experiment, to test, to rotate, to do different things, to put it on film, to learn from it, to evaluate it. Um, but then you play the games and you work through the plan that way and people get upset because they don't understand why you're not winning 100 to nothing at halftime. Well, there's, there's a plan in place based on the teams you're playing. And it's all about getting ready for this week and then obviously next week against LSU. And I'd much rather them look lackluster in their first two games and really start to open it up than have a really strong starting games one, two, and three and then just fall apart in SEC play. I'm not going to say that that's 100% going to happen. That's just, again, how I'm approaching it at this point. 6.30 start time again right here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. We'll also have pregame coverage beginning at, well, I say 1 o'clock. It'll be at 12 o'clock that day. Lindy's College Football Report followed by the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Hey, fall camping season is here. Razorback Camper Sales is ready for you. Huge selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, and pop-ups. They offer full prep and setup at no extra cost, so you can leave the lot and start camping immediately. Access the best parts and service department in the state, and it's the oldest family-owned RV deal in Arkansas. They've been doing it for over 50 years. Come see them in Hot Springs. There's always people leaving happy. Come see why. Or online at RazorbackCamperSales.com. Again, Razorback Camper Sales in Hot Springs. It is a What's Your Beef Wednesday here on the Morning Rush. Some of you know the name Bryce Mitchell. Maybe you know his, his, his UFC name better as Thug Nasty. Well, evidently, Bryce had some things that happened to him recently where he says his ex-girlfriend destroyed his fruit trees while he's in Vegas. So I'm out of town for my fight and my coward ex-girlfriend came by my house and vandalized my house yesterday. She destroyed all of my fruit trees. 
Now, my ex-girlfriend runs a tattoo shop on Booth Street. And for the love of God, if you're not evil and you're not a coward, don't give her your business. The tattoo shop on Booth Street, the woman that runs that, came by my place and destroyed all my fruit trees. I've been working on those trees for years, and she came by last night and killed them all. Now, Bryce is... She sounds delightful. I know. Bryce is an Arkansas native. I think it's in the Searcy area, if I remember that right. And, uh, again... So this is like a Harvey Updike situation. Yeah. Yeah. Has had some success in UFC and... His words saying that uh, his ex-girlfriend destroyed his fruit trees. I wonder what kind of fruit trees they are. I don't know if you shared that in the rest of the clip or not. He started to say some things. Are we that talking we can't. apples? Are we talking pears? Are we talking? I hope it's a peach. But, peach trees are the best. He's right? got a beef here on his Wednesday, and evidently that is his I like, beef. Yeah. I like how he's using his influence and popularity to hit her where it hurts. You know, her pocketbook just mm. not. Or does it drive more business to her? Um, I would like to think no, but you, I mean, you could be right. It's the old, it's the old adage. Yeah. Any publicity is good publicity. I don't know if it is in, in that case to this point, but Bryce's words, apparently. Well, if I was only in the market for a tattoo today, yeah, you know. Can't so. say that I've uh, ever contemplated. I wouldn't want her working on me. Just, you know, see, she sounds crazy and I don't want her to have a, <laughs> a tattoo. Give me a tattoo. Yeah. According to, to Bryce. Now, I. Again, we when we play something well, like this... Well, we've only heard one side of the story. And that's guys, the key. Right? We, we have only heard one side of the story. I would like to hear the ex-girlfriend's opinion on this. Maybe Bryce did something I, I, that got, was... I mean, I got more questions. How did she go about destroying... He didn't go into... To, he didn't elaborate and go into detail about how this 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 female went in and destroyed... Did she have a chainsaw? Did she bring an axe? What, what was this, you know... He seemed really upset about that, so it's... Obviously, she knew it would, you know... Hit get him, to him. Get to him. Mm-hmm. Hit him where it hurts, yeah. apparently. It's, uh, right in the old fruit tree. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, that's, uh, that's something he does. I know my dad would be disappointed if that his plants were destroyed at, at some point. He is a... He is tra- he, he's turned into an older guy and when he gardens and stuff. He's done that for mm-hmm. a while, but he likes to grow things, his own... He's, it's small, but his own vegetables. What I feel like is, again, you when you become a dad, I feel like it's almost your obligation to become a grill master slash smoker. All the guys that I'm friends with that are now fathers, they love doing that. But pre, pre-kid, mm-hmm. that wasn't a big deal. But now that they have a kid, it's like, I have to learn how to smoke and grill and garden and stuff, which is, I mean, hey, let me listen, tell you, power to them. There's no but, better feeling than when my kids say, hey, Dad, I would really like for you to make a pork butt this weekend. Dad, would you make a rack of ribs? I ain't had any good ribs. Man, they just, oh, yeah, you bow your chest up a little bit and you head out to Sam's and you get you a pork you butt and rack of ribs. And by golly, I'm going to feed the masses here, you know, because they wanted my pork butt, my my baby back ribs. Not Jimmy's dad's, yeah. my dad's. It's now, yeah. it's now a competition. You're, yeah. Hey, Jim, your son likes my pork butt more yeah. than your pork butt. Exactly. Eat it. Exactly. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.